Are you like a squirrel with a peanut? Uh Yeah. Is that the way you handle your material? Well, yeah, that's kind of the way I read my poetry. Like, when I'm reading my poetry, it sounds, it's, that's the way I read it. Uh Oh, yeah. What, well, what are you referring to? Well, let's find out. I'm reading from the November 2018 poems of David Smith from us Wix blog uh, to that David Smith 208. Uh, and this is BC, in the BC era, uh, before coronavirus. Oh, yeah. Okay, a squirrel with a peanut, November 17th. Mm, And that's not really a squirrel in the picture. (laughs) Pum. The standard human thinking facility faculty. Oh, what's that? The standard human thinking faculty is like a squirrel with a peanut. Oh, so that's what you use in this podcast or in the writing of your poems? Or is it a standard model? The standard human thinking faculty is like a squirrel with a peanut. It is not clear why people would be so attached to it. Yeah, why do I get attached uh, to my standard human thinking faculty? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's like being attached to your thoughts, I guess. Uh-huh. The fa- that fact that it is their own mind, they must think it is so sublime. Uh-huh. Yeah, you think your poetry is so sublime, probably. Just in your own mind. Uh, yeah, and people think, uh, yeah, the fact, that fact that it is their own mind. They must think it is so sublime. Everyone is taught to be an individual. Yeah, we're in the age of individualism, yeah. So you have to be an individual, so. It's important that everybody pursues their individuality. Everyone is taught to be an individual and to be impressed with their own peanut. Oh, yeah, I'm impressed with my own peanuts. (laughs) I'm impressed with my own poetry and not other poetry, except Emily Dickinson or somebody like that. No, you do like other poets. Yeah, but not all of them. (laughs) They are all busy collecting more as well. It feels, are you busy collecting more books and poems and peanuts? Uh, Yeah, I go around collecting nuts, basically. I like to eat them, so I collect them. Okay. It feels good to rise above this kind of mind, which you get tired of, and all its limitations. It might feel good to rise above this kind of mind which you get tired of and all its limitations. In meditation, you can have that which is greater than a peanut. 
Huh. Yeah, basically, if I just stay in my mind, uh, if I just rely on my intellect, I guess, uh, I basically will just be like a squirrel with a peanut. Uh, yeah. Well, he may be smarter than you in a way. That's true. Huh. Why, why just have one thought when you could connect to the universal flow instead? The ordinary brain is too slow. Yeah. Instead of using reason to your advantage, you could just go into nirvana. Besides that, her peanut-sized brain will run better after being in nirvana. Oh, okay, so I can do brain improvement. Uh, my uh, peanut-sized brain will run better after being in nirvana. So even so, it is better to meditate instead. Most top scientists don't know what happens to them when they are dead. You have not even addressed uh, that which is most basic. Uh, it is possible to goose up your brain like Emily. Henry, Ship Henry Shipley wrote of Emily, quote, I think she must have some spell by which she quickens the imagination and causes the high blood, high blood run frolic through the veins, unquote. That's from Henry Shipley, writing of Emily Dickinson. D.S. Poem, November 17th. Uh, you use quotations and freely in your poetry. Yeah. That's page 419, Early Friendships. Two, section two, The Life of Emily Dickinson by Richard B. Sewall, which is a, actually a very good book. Uh, it's a very big, fat book, The Life of Emily Dickinson by Richard B. Sewall. Oh, you read the whole book? Uh, yeah, I did read the whole book. Uh, okay. So you do read books, yeah, and it has a page here. It says Emily Dickinson, eighteen sixty. There's an enlargement of a photograph reproduced. Here's from a bookseller in Greenwich Village. Yeah, there's a possible photo of Emily Dickinson, and then there's the actually the the house of Emily Dickinson, and then the uh. This is some prairie, uh, some critter from out by, uh, he's from uh, the Grand Tetons and he's, he's not really a squirrel actually, but he served the purpose, yeah, the purpose of this poem. He served the purpose and he doesn't have his peanut, so. Hmm. Oh, how pleasant, well, it's nice that, uh, even though you're a squirrel with a peanut, you are able to podcast your poem. You like to look up words in the dictionary because you probably didn't know this one. <laughs> no, so that's why I feature. I feature. Uh, I sometimes feature a word in my poetry that 
uh, from November 15th. It says, Be less pulsolanimous. Pulsolanimous. Spelled P-U-S-I-L-L-A-N-I-M-O-U-S. The dictionary says, showing a lack of courage or determination, timid. Wait a minute, it says be less timid. Yeah, it's like be less timid or cowardly or faint-hearted or spineless. Be less from the Latin. Translating from the Greek, pulsilanimus from from pulsilus, very small, animus mind. So be have, don't have a small mind. Be less pulsilanimous. Pum. It it is when you stop finding reasons why you can't meditate. Is the point when you start to advance? When the day comes, you that you see every free moment you have an opportunity to meditate. Is when you have advanced. Oh. Oh, when are you advanced? When the day comes that you see every free moment you have as an opportunity to meditate as when you have advanced. The advanced practitioner does watering and weeding like a gardener to make his beanstalk grow like Jack and the beanstalk so he can climb up to up it to heaven. He is like a curator. He plans his meditation setting the day prior. He carefully promotes it so it becomes habitual. He considers his outer life as trivial. 99% of the mind's thoughts are useless, so he dismisses them then in time. Only 95% are useless. And he has gotten a little better. Mantra, Bhajan, and Simran are considered useful. He doesn't watch the news very much because, like Emily, he sees that if you are becoming one regularly, there effectively is none. The only news becomes the light in your head. Then the internet, by comparison, seems dead. The standard package that typical man is born with is like a caterpillar. He then has to construct a cocoon and transform his head and become a butterfly, sort of like a bodhisattva. More of this should have been done at school. Mankind is still quite primitive. To get enough stupendousness, stop being so pulsilanimous. Anonymous. Uh-huh. Poem. February, November 15th. Hashtag meditation, hashtag digger, hashtag Emily Dickinson, hashtag light view verse, white verse, hashtag poetry, hashtag news. And it has uh, an envelope poem of uh, Emily Dickinson. It says, In this short life, only uh, only last an hour. In this short life, which only lasts an hour, 
not much uh, uh, little is uh, within our power not much is within our power in this short life with with only which only lasts an hour how much is within our power oh. yeah yours don't have much yeah you don't not not Symbol of divine light, and it has the lamp in the Islamic culture. And has, oh, this Davy has you in red light. You turned red in front of New York. Poem 1319 from Emily. You don't even say, but you must. I guess it's given that it's Emily Dickinson's poem. Poem. So it's poem thirteen nineteen. How news must feel when traveling. How news must feel when traveling. If news have any heart, alighting at the dwelling, twill enter like a dart. What news must think when pondering? If news have any thought concerning the stupendousness of its perceivless freight. What news will do when every man shall comprehend as one, and not in all the universe a thing to tell remain? Hmm. So don't be less pull, 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 pussoing of us. Pusanimous. Uh-huh. Oh, they have the pronunciation. Pusanimous. Okay. Be less of it. Pusanimous. The next poem says winter is good or is it better or winter is good but why do you seek the end of summer or is summer going to end anyways while you're reading this in summer about winter <laughs> well yeah I'm just reading the poem of November 14th 2018 Winter is good. What's so good about it? Well, here it is. Oh. Oh, you you didn't even say that. Emily Dickinson says winter is good. His or hor roar. I didn't know these old words. H O R H O A R means Roar frost, a grayish white, gray, gray haired with age. His roar, his frost, his hair, not his hair, his old English hair, hair, noble, majestic, noble roar, old English, Germanic origin. His roar, or delights. Winter is good. Winter is good. His or delights. 
italic flavor yield to intellects inebriate with summer or the world. Generic as a quarry and hearty as a rose, invited with asperity. But welcome when he goes, Samuel Dickinson. As a photo of her. So that introduces, oh, that's unusual. You introduce your poem with her poem, yeah, by saying winter is good. Well, I understand that it's almost winter. Do you prefer it over summer? (laughs) Or do you prefer spring and fall? Yeah, I think I actually like spring and fall the most. But winter is just good, and that's it. Yeah, it's just good. Poem. Instead of beginning a journey of a thousand miles with one step. I say take a journey of a thousand miles all the way to the end every day and stop just taking one step. Oh, goodness. So you're saying don't take a start a journey of a thousand miles with one step. No. Don't do that. Don't start to take the first step of a thousand-mile journey. No. Oh, I see. So you're not... uh, You're not a Taoist. uh, Yeah, but I thought you liked Taoism or Taoism and Zen and stuff. Yeah, but I disagree with taking one step. Instead of beginning a journey of a thousand miles with one step... I say, take a journey of a thousand miles all the way to the end every day and stop just taking one step. You can't just be starting things all the time and procrastinating the finish until tomorrow. When you meditate, you are not preparing for your day. Yeah, you're not meditating just to get, like, you know, tuned up a little bit and relaxed and... And, uh, yeah, so you can physically perform the acquisition of material things more efficiently. No. That's not the purpose of meditation. No. When you meditate, you are not preparing for your day. Rather, you are passing into the dead zone and going all the way to heaven while leaving earth behind for the animals and you will be going for a long time. Oh. So you're, in a way, depopulating the earth of people. Yeah, you're just going to leave it, uh, leave it earth altogether and not reincarnate. Oh, so that way you can leave more space for the animals and... <laughs> And not reincarnate as an animal. No, I don't want to reincarnate as an animal or get in their way. Yeah, okay. Well, that's very kind to animals, yeah. When you meditate, you are not preparing for your day. Rather, you are passing into the dead zone and going all the way to heaven while leaving earth behind for the animals. And you will be going for a long time. Yeah, so you don't take a step, you take a thousand steps. It is not just a game. Yeah, and this poetry 
It's not a joke either. It's very serious stuff. It's only mixed with uh, with comedy to lighten it up. <laughs> it gets too serious. Uh, huh. It is not just a game. It does not help you to become a something. It makes you into nothing. Yeah, don't try to become a something. Yeah, I'm the antithesis. I'm the opposite of Bill Gates, not Bill Gates. I'm not trying to build an empire. Oh, you're trying to be the opposite, so... Your net worth is minus, so... Yeah, my net worth is actually minus 10 billion, huh? or uh, minus 100 billion. Huh? And hit, oh, I see, so you're the opposite. Yeah, it does not help you to become a something. It makes you into nothing. Also, I should not try to become somebody. <laughs> Am I supposed to be famous or rich and instead I'm making myself into nothingness? The dark night of meditation is your day. You are supposed to be advancing, not dabbling. Oh, you're talking to yourself. You're like a meditation dabbler, and you're supposed to be advancing. Yeah, I'm just talking about myself. Usually when I complain. Oh, I thought you didn't like complainers. No, I don't like complainers, and I'm trying to get rid of my own complaining about the fact that I take one step in meditation. Yeah, you're supposed to take a thousand. You are supposed to be advancing, not dabbling. More of the same is good for your brain. Quote, winter is good, unquote, for all things deeper. During the summer, you were more lightweight and physical. Oh, that's probably true in a way. Do you, do you, do you really read more books in winter and meditate more? In the summer, I know you're very outdoorsy and maybe play tennis even longer. <laughs> or you, I know you go swimming and. Uh, yeah, that's a natural. Of a natural uh, step uh, to take. Uh, well, during the summer, you were more lightweight and physical. Well, yeah, okay. I know uh, you never were that physical, but did you ever, ever play football in high school or anything physical? No. Oh, okay. Well. Yeah, you didn't even last in track. Uh, you didn't even play a sport. You, like, played the piano. So, yeah. Well, and have you won any tournaments in tennis? Or you're still not that physical? Oh. Well, I uh, don't know. Uh, I technically wouldn't have a rating because I haven't played a tournament. <laughs> yeah, and you're defeated by a lot of people. Yeah, so I haven't even met, taken the first step in the thousand miles to, to to being rated in tennis. Yeah, maybe you should get more serious. 
being completely dead and become beautiful. It's strange that to become beautiful you have to be dead or become or well, is that the synthetic death you're talking about, a voluntary near-death experience? Yeah, it's not. These poems, some of this death stuff doesn't refer to, refer to death itself, but of, of St. Paul's type of I die daily business uh, to the um, simulation of death through meditation. So you're really talking about meditation, yeah. Dia's poem, November 14th. And uh, it's funny, it says, uh, good for mining, querying, Emily Gems. What is that? Why is that there? Huh. And the Emily's poem again is 1316. Good, winner's good, her ore delights, winner is good. His ore delights, italic fiber yield to interlugs inebriate with summer. Or the world, generic as a quarry and hardy as a rose, invited with asperity. But welcome when he goes. <laughs> So I don't know what we got from that poem. Oh yeah, you had said instead of beginning a journey of a thousand miles with one step, I say take a journey of a thousand miles all the way to the end every day and stop just taking one step. Especially, isn't it? And that's a winter is a good time to do that. Yeah, that's an interesting photo of you. Um, that must be from the high school yearbook or something like that. Yeah, high school. They have the, they have a book of the high school. And, is that you? <laughs> well, that's kind of a reminder, I guess, that uh, that you were a musician at, at a time. Uh, is that in the seventies when when people had long hair and stuff? And did you win something uh, musical? An award? Uh, yeah. Oh, what's that got to do with the? Well, and yeah, you waste. Uh, yeah, are you going to return to a waste of thirty? I see your waistline is thirty. So why isn't it now? Oh, well, those pants were probably too tight and it probably should have been 32 anyways, but, yeah. All right, well, and was your chest 40 and you had a 10-inch drop? Uh, yeah, yeah. What's that? And the hippie thing, that's interesting, hippie picture. I haven't seen that one in a long time. Uh, no. But I got the choir award, uh, so I what played the piano for the choir. Yeah. Oh, were you any good at it? Well, uh, yeah, I could sight read pretty well and stuff. I played a lot. Oh, you played a lot. What's that got to do with the poem? Well, now that you look back, 
The poem is called November of 13th, When You Turn 60. Oh, you're looking back. <laughs> All right, let's see what the poem says. When you turn 60, you can relive the 60s. <laughs> but this time, do it right and still be a hippie, but a truly enlightened hippie. Oh, oh so you were like a hippie in a way with that long hair. But you're saying that when you look back at yourself being a hippie, but you should, you could still be a hippie. Oh, oh, you you wanna be a hippie? Yeah. You could be a hippie again. Maybe you should grow your hair. But a truly enlightened hippie. Huh. Did, were any of those hippies actually enlightened? Huh? Well, they have in the book uh, Allen Ginsberg, and who knows if he was enlightened? But he made it to uh, he made it to that book, A Holy Fire. Hmm. Hmm. So, and it's in the book. It says it's nine visionary poets on the quest quest for enlightenment. And they actually list uh, the nine poets being Rumi, Lay, Layla, Mirabai, William Blake, Arthur, Rimbaud, and W.B. Yeats, and Rainer Maria Wilka, and Hart Crane, and Allen Ginsberg. Huh? So are you one of the visionary poets? Uh, oh, well, yeah, they should have included me. Well, how could they do that, you yeah. No. Well, they didn't include Emily. Oh, so you can test that, yeah. So, poem. Uh, when you turn 60, you can relive the 60s, but this time do it right and still be a hippie, but a truly enlightened hippie. You can drop out and turn on. Oh, so you're dropping out and turning on, just turning yourself on. Do you just write these poems and podcast them to turn yourself on? Yeah, I'm like a hippie, and I, and I drop out of society and remain alone and then just podcast, write poems and podcast them. Oh, so you drop out and turn on. I turn on, uh, yeah, I might turn on my uh, podcaster. And at the same time, don't need a drug. Oh, so you do this drug-free, you're not uh, using any enhancements. But you drink coffee, I think. Maybe you are using a drug. Okay. You can sit cross-legged for a long time and not go to work. In other words, the 60s could be sublime and you could be enlightened all the time. You can stop drinking wine. Regular practice leads to realization which has a proof self-evident. Oh, okay. So the proof is in the pudding of your meditation realization. Yeah. Regular practice leads to realization, which has a proof self-evidence. Hippies believe in pleasure and the pursuit of leisure. Instead of old cars and golf, you can 
could practice contemplation inside your head and better prepare to be dead. Oh, I see. So you were talking about turning 60 and and uh, most hippies believe in pleasure and the pursuit of leisure. Oh, so retirees at 60 may instead pursue old cars and golf. Also, you're not just going to buy a 65 Mustang and convertible and drive it around and then go play golf. Well, that's what a lot do. I mean, well, that's what you could do at 60, I guess. But you're not. You could practice contemplation inside your head and better prepare to be dead. You could stop eating all the time. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, you 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 say you're gonna try uh, try one meal a day and uh, leaning that way towards intermittent fasting, which is the current hippie rage. Uh, also, you're returning to hippie ways. Uh, yeah, in a sort of modern, uh, in a more twenty-first uh, century style. Oh, in the 20s now, you're turning to being a hippie again. Yeah, instead of following the 60s. Also, the long hair really isn't the 70s because it came from the Beatles from the 60s. Yeah. Also, so when you turn to 60, you're going to follow the 60s now. No, I would be following the 21, 20. The 2020s, returning to being 60 and follow a new version of being a hippie. Oh, is the hippie, is it like to be a modern hippie to meditate? You could stop eating all the time. A 60-year-old can be stronger than 30 when his prana was spread all over. Oh, so a 60-year-old can be stronger than a 30-year-old when, where a 30-year-old's prana is spread all over. Oh, so you can just collect. Uh, oh, so you're saying collect your sensory currents at your third eye and, uh, and you'll be stronger than a 30-year-old whose prana is spread all over. Instead of dissipating, you could collect. You could practice in the morning like a professional and go out of the body all the time and still be an amateur in the evening and afternoon with shorter meditation just for pleasure. (laughs) Really? That's so strange. You take meditation very seriously, at least in the morning, and then now you're saying you're going to do it short ones just for pleasure in the afternoon. Is that better than playing golf? (laughs) It would be your best health improvement measure. Oh. Is that confirmed by cardiologists on on YouTube? Yeah. Cardiologists themselves say to eat one meal a day. 
and meditate. Oh, so you're not alone in this belief. No, it's backed up by scientists on the internet and YouTube. Oh, really? It would be your best health improvement measure. It feels like digging for treasure. <laughs> Getting up early helps adjust your melatonin, so when you go to bed, you feel like you have been a success. Oh, so you want to feel like a success at bedtime. Yeah, I wouldn't like to feel like my day has been successful. Oh, is that the same as having melatonin? <laughs> yeah, it's really pretty much the same thing. Getting up early helps adjust your melatonin, so when you go to bed, you feel like you have been a success. It is important for old people to worship sunrise, so sunset is better. Miller in French, better. Malière, M-E-I-L-L-E-U-R. Yeah, for a linguist, your pronunciation is pretty terrible, and I don't think you are a linguist. Okay, and, oh shit. Oh, I can't pronounce this Greek at all. Sunset is better. Oh, there's a word. Um, oh, shit. Oh, it's a Greek word for better. I should know it. See, I'm forgetting my Greek. If you meditate a lot, you can avoid the inevitability of becoming grumpy. Hello? Mm -hmm. Yeah, did you make a chocolate? Yeah. No, it's a junior, but I, I like, uh, I, well, lunchy is at uno, a la uno, no lunchy, no, hmm. I don't know. You think I should have Desha Junior? See, oh, I don't know. The mm. Ooh, lunchy is. Do uh, you care a lunchy contigo? A dos, a da, a la dos. I may get muy hambre. I don't know. I think I need something. All right. Wait. Uh. Desa Junior. No, no Desa Junior. No. no. I'll eat. What would you make? Uh, Solo chocolate? Chocolate, yeah. Just chocolate. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> yeah. Mm. What I'm saying is it's kind of hard to go to 2 o'clock without eating it. So no breakfast, but I don't want to eat before swimming, and I don't want to eat now, so. All right, so that's that's just a short fast, really, till 2 o'clock. Um, yeah, but you get chocolate, so, okay. All right, if you meditate a lot, you can avoid the inevitability of becoming grumpy. Oh, what you're saying is that old people who don't 
meditate, become grumpy. Yeah, you'll you'll meet uh, most old people are very grumpy. They even have movies like Grumpy Old Men. Well, you even sound like a grumpy old man, where you grump about people who don't meditate and and you complain about yourself taking only one step and not taking a thousand. You're really complaining and you're grumpy. Yeah. If you meditate a lot, you can avoid the inevitability of becoming grumpy. Being grumpy is caused by a lack of history in drinking. God's wine, that is, and going to heaven. Transcendental nectar is the nouveau trickle-down. They need a new kind of economics that incorporates people being humans. After you are done with meditation, you can roar like a lion. Mm. Dies poem. And what kind of goodies do you have for us from uh, Emily Dickinson? (laughs) There's Emily Dickinson commemorative stamp here, and there's uh, there's the poems, a couple poems here. Let's see, it says, in Palm 839, Always mine, no more vacation. <clears throat> Term of life this day begun. Failless as the fair rotation of the seasons and the sun. Old the grace, but new the subjects. Old indeed the east, yet upon his purple program, every dawn is first. And then poem, uh, Emily Dickinson. And there's another poem of the Sufi way from Ib al-Farid. Oh, you have Farid. From the classics of Western spirituality. Says, for in the end place of in, I still found with me the majesty of witness arising from my perfect nature and where there is no, quote, in, unquote, I still witness within me the beauty of my existence without an eye to see. Line 650 from uh, Farid. Per... So did you read uh, during when you turn 60? Do you read poems on the Sufi way? We were discussing the grapes in the refrigerator and they were saying, she was saying I should eat them this morning. Yeah. Well, you weren't eating anything until lunchy, until lunch, right? Oh, you're not eating until one or two. Yeah, that's what we were going to do. But but there's grapes in the refrigerator. So, and she says, don't eat them in the afternoon or, or certainly not at night. Oh, and they're getting old. You can't leave grapes a long time in the refrigerator. No, in the Nevada. No, I wouldn't, so... 
So you might eat? Yeah. <laughs> You're not supposed to eat so much. I know you mentioned you had been on a fast and and you you never announced on fa Facebook that you were going on a fast. No, you shouldn't uh, announce what you're going to do, but only post what you have done. So I would post uh, with the my having done a fast at the completion. Oh, I see. So you're not soliciting spiritual aid in your fast from others to say, please support me in my undertaking emotionally. No, I don't want to burden other people with my fast. Okay. And you, so you're saying that hunger is better. Yeah, there's actually a poem here. I just encountered from Romy. And you steal from Romy? Yeah, I eat Romy's bread, okay. This poem is Eat, Bread Bird. Page 21, Holy Fire. Being hungry is better than the maladies that come with satiety. Subtlety and lightness are being true to your devotion. And subtlety and lightness and being true to your devotion are some of the advantages of fasting. A certain person is eating and greatly enjoying a piece of moldy bread. Someone asks, quote, Do you really like that food? Unquote. He replies, When you fast for two days, a piece of bread tastes like layered pastry. If I deny my appetite just a little, I can have halva every meal. But fasting is not for everyone, only those few who become God's lions. All right, so fasting is not for everyone, only those few who become God's lions. Oh, I see. Uh, are you a lion? Uh, I thought you were a squirrel with a peanut. <laughs> yeah, I'm more like a squirrel with a peanut. That's what I'm trying through this poetry, to become a lion. <laughs> oh, that's the purpose of Rumi's poetry? Yeah. True hunger is not easy to have when fodder is always being set in front of you with the invitation. Yeah, in modern Western culture, in modern times, there's food all over the place. So, and they're poking it at you. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So you would read a poem about fasting while you're eating grapes, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I can eat all of them. I, I could have them 
We are fasting in the morning. You fast anyway, so why don't I just join you? Contigo, fast in manana. I would like to fast with you in the morning. It's better... El ayuno mío es más diferente porque yo no como nada en las mañanas. Anything. You don't need, yeah, I I think I would like, Dave, I would like that. I would like to do the same. It's probably best for you. Mm. <laughs> okay. And you do it for the purpose of God. Let me see that in Spanish. El ayuno es para que Dios sea mostrándonos y sea llenándonos de su presencia al encuentro que vamos a tener. El ayuno lo estamos haciendo porque ya la otra semana es el retiro para que Dios nos fortalezca y nos llene más de su presencia. We are doing the fast because the next week is the retreat for God to strengthen us and fill us more with His presence. Okay, very good. You're very pretty. Yeah, that's probably the part of the reason why she is so pretty is because she doesn't eat all the time. Uh, she has a true hunger, maybe, for God. And she may be a devotee. Mm. So, well, you're lucky to have such a woman around. Maybe you should count your blessings instead of complaining. Okay. All right. I, I'm trying not to become God's lion instead of a squirrel with a peanut. Okay. True hunger is not easy to have when fodder is always being set in front of you with the invitation. Well, if she, she's not, she says she fasts in the morning, so he doesn't actually eat in the morning, so that, that she wouldn't be putting it in front of me. Fodder, putting fodder, says, eat, you're not a water bird that eats air, you're a bread bird, eat, bread bird, hmm, that's a poem from Milana Romi from the book page 21 Holy Fire Nine Visionary Poets in the Quest for Enlightenment by Daniel Halpern 